This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why we should make the effort to pick the right word. And we'll talk to actor, writer, singer, and Instagram sensation Leslie Jordan about his new book, How Y'all Doing. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm right here in my home office in New York City. And joining me today from Puerto Rico is my sister, the showrunner, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer, temporarily living in Puerto Rico. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Gretchen, I got palm trees behind me uh, permanently now. Yeah. How's it going? It's going well. I mean, it is crazy. I have not been in the pool or the ocean since I've arrived in Puerto Rico, Um, but I am having a lot of fun, and I do love it here. That's wonderful. Well, and I have big news because I went to Kansas City. Yay! Yay! Oh, my gosh. It was so exciting. It's probably the longest in your life. I'm sure you've gone without seeing mom and dad by months and months. Oh, the longest time without seeing mom and dad, the longest time not being in Kansas City. So it was thrilling. I was so grateful that I could do it. It was wonderful. When I was when I came home, I realized that my throat was scratchy because we'd just been talking oh so much God. the whole time. <laughs> but Elizabeth, you know, what's funny. You and I both usually go in the summer or at the holidays. So I hadn't been in a Kansas City springtime in so many years, mm-hmm. and it was so spectacularly beautiful. I was there for like peak flowering blossom, peak tulip, peak lilac. Mom and dad and I spent a lot of time just walking around Kansas City looking at, at just the beautiful plants. It was wonderful. It is so gorgeous at that time of year. I'm so jealous, Scratch, but I will, I'll go as soon as I'm back from Puerto Rico. I know. I can't wait till we're all back together I for know. our Winstead's run. Yes. Yay. So this week, Elizabeth, our try this at home tip is to pick the right word. Mm. I like this, Gretchen, because I'm very influenced by vocabulary. Yes. Well, and maybe because of that, I'm very sensitive to noticing when people mention vocabulary or the process of choosing a word. And this came up for me. There was the original incident, and then it came up again, and that's what got me thinking about it. So Last year, Eleanor was in a biology class, and she, which was hard for her, but, you know, she really studied. She was keeping up, and she took a test, 
And she understood how to do most of it. But there was a question that she saw where she's like, I've never seen this before. I have no idea what this is. It's not that I don't even understand it. This is like no thing that I've ever seen before. And she had a real issue with it. And I don't know how it worked out with the teacher or whatever. But what happened was that she came home and she was supposed to retake that section. So she was sitting there telling me about it, like, oh, my gosh, I was in the test and all this happened. And I started thinking about, well, what is the language to describe how she felt or what happened? Because you could say panicked, freaked out, lost it. (laughs) And then I thought, no, I want to pick a different word. And I said, you know what? It sounds like you got rattled. You were in the test and you saw something that you didn't recognize and you got rattled. So why don't you now just... I don't know anything about this biology. Just talk me through it. Tell me what you know. Talk me through as much as you can. And she, she's like, okay. And she started talking me through it. And then she was like, oh. And she realized what had happened is she had gotten rattled. And so she hadn't realized that a, a graph that she thought was pertained to one question actually pertained to a different question. And so it... It really threw her off because she didn't understand how to map the two kinds of questions together, but actually she just misread it. And once she saw that, then of course she understood what to do. Oh, so she was, because she was rattled, she didn't realize what was happening on the test. It sort of overtook her ability to, uh, to read the test. Well, and I didn't really think anything of it, except then just recently she was telling me a story of like, oh, Uh, Because they're back at school now, which is very exciting. And she was like, oh, I saw a friend. And my friend was really upset because she felt like she was really behind in this one class. She wasn't understanding anything. And so she was just in that mode where you just feel paralyzed and overwhelmed. And she said, I said to my friend, it sounds like you feel rattled. Mm. Just talk to me. Talk through me what you understand. And then maybe you can figure out what you don't understand. And I noticed that she had used that word rattled. And I said, well, that's the word I use for you. And she said, yeah, it was a good word because it captured the shakiness that she felt. It didn't minimize the way she felt, but it also, as she pointed out, it wasn't overly dramatic because sometimes when you're describing things, you you use like this big language and then you kind of, that's the story you're telling to yourself. I lost it. Well, that feels different from I panicked Mm. or I got rattled. And getting rattled sounds more temporary and more like, oh, I just need to calm myself down and then I'll, I'll, I'll redo it. So, We talked about it, and she said, yeah, I thought that was a good word. Because it didn't minimize it, but it didn't maximize it. (laughs) Yes. I, Gretchen, am so influenced by this, like I was saying. Like, when I choose the right word or a different word to describe whatever I'm going through, it just helps me put it into perspective. Like, I know I've mentioned that Sarah and I call our job on Fantasy Island a laborious lark. Yes. Because, yes, it's a lot of labor, but we have to, we put the lark on to remind us that it's also fun and beautiful and we'll take <laughs> it's a flight. fun job and you enjoy yes. it <laughs> and calling it whenever we're really overwhelmed we're like it's a laborious lark we're making tv yes. this is fun and it just helps me yeah no i think we tell ourselves what we're experiencing in some ways and then i also feel like Sometimes you want to use a word that doesn't sound too harsh too judgmental maybe opens up a little whimsy or a little sense of humor So with Eliza and Eleanor's, I will often say something like, again, in times when they were like going to parties or whatever, I would say something like, is anyone getting up to mischief? Mm. And that just doesn't, they know what I mean by mischief, you know, Mm -hmm. they get it, but it doesn't sound as harsh or judgmental or parent checking in on you. 
And they'll be like, well, there was a little bit of mischief, but I wasn't involved in any mischief, or I think there was mischief, but I didn't see any mischief, or whatever. And again, I, I feel like it's a way to talk about it in a way that communicates effectively, but maybe doesn't amp it up or add an emotional quality to it that could get in the way. Yeah, it's funny, Gretchen. At work, Sarah and I often say we're doing a pass on a script instead of rewriting the script, just because Ah. a pass sounds more pleasant to whoever script it is Uh than a rewrite, but also Uh (laughs) it sounds more pleasant to us. Like, oh, we're just going to do a pass on the script. I mean, whether it's our script or someone else's script, whosoever script it is, the pass just sounds like a nice... Polishing. Yes, as opposed to like, oh, we're getting in there and like really uh, doing a lot. Right, from beginning to end, we're rewriting it. Yes, no matter what's happening, we call it a pass. I also find in, well, in work conversations, but also personal conversations, saying I'm frustrated is better than saying I'm angry or I'm mad. I feel like Mm. people get less upset when you say you're frustrated. Or I think I get less upset when people tell me they're frustrated than that they're mad. Well, that point reminds me of the research that has been done about the power of using precise emotional language. So this is called labeling. And this is when you name your emotions very specifically, Mm. which is harder than it sounds. So are you stressed or hurt? Are you sad or uncertain or disappointed? And then you also want to be accurate about the intensity, because as I was saying, it's easy to use dramatic language, which paints too big a portrait of what you're going through. Because if you're mildly annoyed, you want to use language that would capture that or like I'm grumpy, Mm. you know, a word that just can capture it without either misleading people by using something that's not quite accurate or mischaracterizing how intensely you're experiencing an emotion. Yeah, it's easy to exaggerate how you feel by using the wrong word. Yeah. If you're interested in this, my friend Susan David wrote a really interesting book called Emotional Agility that explores this idea, you know, which is related to our, what we talk about, identify the problem. Mm. Because if you don't use the right words, you might not spot the helpful response. And so she writes about how instead of having painful, murky feelings, you can have a very specific experience and take it forward. So let us know if you do try this at home and how picking the right word works for you. And we'd love to hear examples of a word you chose and why. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenMoomin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 322 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have one of our favorite kind of hacks, a reading hack. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, it's a happiness hack, and this is very relevant to everyone doing hashtag read 21 and 21 because it is a reading hack. Yes, it comes from John. He says, I have tended to read the most before going to bed, especially during the pandemic. I realized that my energy level would be pretty low, which made for slow going through certain types of books like 19th century novels. I'd only get through a page or two per night and would feel frustrated by my lack of progress. Sometimes I'd have to reread the one or two pages <laughs> I had read the night before just to get back on track. It took me more than a year at this pace to get through Anna Karenina. Then I had an idea. I need to have a weeknight book and a weekend book. For weeknights, I like to have a book that is light, breezy, and escapist. Again, see pandemic. Mm -hmm. Travel writing and comic novels are especially good to send me to a more peaceful sleep. I say more demanding but satisfying books for the weekend when I can usually carve out an hour or more of uninterrupted reading time. This is the time for anything by George Eliot, books on history, or other heavier reading. With a longer block of time, I can get deeper into the book and I get more out of the experience. Thought I'd share this tip as it has not only helped me read more, but has made my reading more pleasurable. Well, this is a great idea. And Elizabeth, I think one something you pointed out is that a theme among many listeners is that the traditional reading before bed doesn't work for everyone. For some yes. people, that's not really an ideal time. Or, But I thought this was a great thing where maybe for some kinds of reading, it is an ideal time, but then you, you'll read other kinds of books at a, at a different time. Yes, I think it's a great idea. And it's also that permission to read something different or to read at a different time just helps your reading increase overall. What to know yourself better. I will say there's another category book that I've identified, which is an airplane book for when we all go back into airplanes, because that is a place where you do not want to take a risk. You want something that's compelling and you want to know that it's compelling. You don't want to assume that it will be compelling. I have made that mistake in the past. I will never make that mistake again. <laughs> it's a sad day when you realize <laughs> that on a six-hour yeah. flight. Yeah, you realize you've got all this great reading time and not the book you want to read. So thank you, John. That is a super helpful hack. Thanks. And now for an interview. Today, we're talking to Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan is an American actor, writer, and singer. He is an Emmy Award winner, known for his roles in shows like Will and Grace, American Horror Story, and most recently, Call Me Cat. 
During the height of the pandemic lockdown, millions of people whom he called his fellow hunker downers tuned into his Instagram feed where he talked about the pandemic, life, his Southern roots, and his show business career. He has more than 5.6 million followers. I gave him a gold star in episode 301 for his Instagram feed. I especially love when he sings a hymn every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Leslie has certainly made good use of the pandemic period. In addition to his Instagram feed at the Leslie Jordan, he released the album Companies Coming of his version of classic gospel hymns sung with an all-star guest list. And he has a new book, How Y'all Doing? Misadventures and Mischief from a Life Well lived. Come on. I think he's using mischief. In a, yes. <laughs> he got up to a lot of mischief. Welcome, Leslie. Welcome. Hello, Gretchen, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're oh. so excited to talk to you. <laughs> yes, we loved your book. And I am one of your five and a half million uh, devotees yes. on Instagram, too. Leslie. How did that happen? That wasn't in it's the plan. It's just happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also have to tell you that my right, I'm a TV writer and my writing partner, Sarah and I are in Puerto Rico shooting a reboot of Fantasy Island for Fox. And you are on our list of absolute dream guest stars. <laughs> so yes, we may be knocking on your door. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, people wonder all the time, well, is he available? Honey, I'm circling the block. <laughs> Am I available? <laughs> 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 well, we have to ask, I mean, what was it like? There you are, you're bored, you're stuck being safer at home in your hometown in Tennessee during the pandemic. And then you become this internet sensation. <laughs> like, what was that like? At 65 years of age, let's toss that in. Yeah. You know, I didn't set out. That wasn't my plan. But as I look back, I think, my gosh, I was a marketing genius because <laughs> how did that happen? I just in- instinctively knew I didn't want to talk about politics. I didn't want to bring in religion. Yeah. I didn't want to sell anybody anything. And I just, you know, wanted a place where people could come and laugh and, and forget what yeah. was going on. And so I did two posts a day for like 60-something, maybe 80, even 80 days. Now, that is a lot wow. of content. I've had people that work yeah, at ad is. agencies go, we pay our people 250000 a year to come up with that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm just doling it out. But, um, you know, then you start getting this response where people yeah. would make comments and people coming up to me. You know, um, I've always had a little bit of fame because of Will and Grace. And, you know, I'm used to, yeah. hello, yeah, you're so good on that TV. People... I'm, it's like Lady Gaga. I can't get down the street. You know, like, <laughs> internet fame is big fame. It's funny because you said that when the first time someone said, oh, you should post that, you pictured like posting something on a yellow yeah. post-it note. So you really went from not really being part of that world to being a master. To, to not even knowing really uh, Tess Sanchez, who was head of Fox at the time I was doing The Cool Kids, would tell me every time I said something funny, post it. And she was the one that finally realized, and she said, you don't have Instagram? I go, no, I'm just not really part of that. She goes, honey, actors have to. These, You know, it's almost like if it didn't happen on Instagram, it didn't happen. What a silver lining. I mean, it's not, when you went into lockdown, you did not think you would come out (laughs) a star of the internet. Give me a good pandemic and I flourish. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anytime, right? (laughs) 
You, now, you had a successful one-man show for years, and in the book, you write about uh, how you used to end the show. Now, our show is all about how to be happier, and the way you ended it was by saying, happiness is a choice, happiness is a habit, and happiness is something you have to work hard at. It does not just happen. And then you say at one performance, the legendary comedian Phyllis Diller waited after your show to tell you how much she loved the show, and also that she agreed with your philosophy. She wanted to tell you she agreed with that. So how did you come to that philosophy? How did you end your show that way? I mean, that's so so pertinent to us. You know, it was such a, it was such a journey because um, sobriety is a big part of my life. I have 22 years, and I started in recovery in, in you know, 22 years ago, and that was the journey. It was so interesting because it was a journey into my sobriety, it was a journey into my happiness. And it was a journey into my queerdom, you know, because I realized I, you're just, you're just, you're ripe with internal homophobia, you know, just this sort of, mm. you know, the way you're raised in the fifties and, you know, that anyway. So I, I love the fact that in recovery, they make you right. Pin, yeah. my very first spiritual advisor said, when you put a, a pen to paper, it slows your mind down to the speed of a pen and you'll get some clarity. And I mm. thought, and so he wouldn't even let me type, you know, write. I'd have to write mm. and journal oh. and write and get some clarity. And we would do all kinds of exercises about fear. He said, you're fear riddled. You are fear riddled. Oh. You know, call me in the morning at 10 minutes after eight and tell me four fears. And I said, how is that going to get me to stop drinking? Is that the 10 minute after eight part? He said, no, because I have a 36 sponsees and I, that is your allotted time. And you have to get up and ah. make your bed first so you don't get back in it. Um, ah. And then you call me at 10 after eight and I would give him my fears. I'd say, well, I'm afraid of heterosexual men and I'm afraid of, uh, you know, I'm afraid that I'm going to get AIDS. I'm afraid of this. And he'd go, oh, you just riddled with fear. I don't even know how you leave the house. Make light of it. And then he would say, call me in the morning and give me four fears. And this went on forever. I got up to 80 fears. And then I had to write each fear how, whether it was real or imagined. And I said, well, that's, mm -hmm. what it, I, I don't know what you mean. He goes, well, a bear is chasing you through the woods. That is a real fear. That bear might eat you. <laughs> now compare it to your other. All my fears were just imagined. You know, just imagined. Mm. There were not fears that I really had to deal with. So it went on and on and on. And I ended up um, with real and imagined fears. And then I had to do a lot of writing about how I acquired each fear. And you just realize how you go through the day just fear riddled. How we just allow that, you know, just fears of this type or, you know, being rejected by people or not accept. And so somehow here I sit, 65 years of age, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm in a, it's a good time to be Leslie Jordan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you radiate so much happiness and humor and energy. <laughs> Uh, all the time. Is, but is that something you have to work at? Like, you know that people depend on you for that? Or is that it's just that sort hard. of who you yeah, are? Yeah, it, it gets a tiny bit taxing because I have bad days. But yeah. I heard 
and I think it was Warren Beatty, say something so wise, and he was talking about his wife, Annette Benning. He said, I think that people are born with different capacities for happiness. He said, my wife mm-hmm. is just, you know, she's just always happy. I just have a huge uh, capacity for happiness, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't have many off days, but I, um, that's also from the work I've done, too. And, and I, it, mm-hmm. you know what else it comes down to also? Something as simple as eating. If I'm having a bad day, I know I mm-hmm. had a big plate. I had some sugar yesterday because I'm very hypoglycemic. Mm-hmm. And so if I watch what I ate, I know that if it's such a simple formula. We eat right, we exercise, and, and we feel better. <laughs> yeah. So why is it so hard? This, why is this so hard? That is the question for the ages, right? <laughs> Just yes. to eat right and, and exercise and uh, be kind to others. And yet we just yes, there you stumble go. through life doing our best. <laughs> so, Leslie, you have a new album of classic gospel hymns, Companies Coming, that you recorded in Tennessee during the pandemic. And every Sunday, which we've talked about on the podcast, you sing a hymn on Instagram. <laughs> And we were interested because in your book, you said you stopped singing hymns for many years, but you've come back to it during the pandemic, especially. What brought you back? Well, you know, at my most dramatic, I was raised in the church. My family are are devout Southern Baptists. We went to church every time the doors opened. So I was raised (laughs) in the church. And then you get older and you begin to question the whole gay thing. You know, all of a sudden you're like, well, how do I embrace something that doesn't really embrace me? And at my most dramatic, I'll say, I walked away from the church. I didn't walk away from the church. I just quit <laughs> going to church, you know. I mean, uh, it just mm-hmm. didn't serve me at the time. But, you know, that was such an important. I think we all need a spiritual path of some sort, you know, no matter what it is. I think even an atheist mm-hmm. needs a spiritual path mm-hmm. of some <laughs> sort, you know, to get up and, and believe in something, you know, that's uh I love that they told me in AA, they said, listen, we're not going to ask you to believe. We're not going to ask you to believe in God, but you have to believe in something bigger. Just know that it's not you. It can be mm. nature. It can be the, the synchronicity of life. Can be, But just know that it's not you. And I found also that it's in the seeking that I have found my faith, you know, that I seek. Mm. But I... Um, these hymns, see, were just the music of my childhood. They and mm-hmm. and Travis Howard, who I worked with as well, um, he grew up Pentecostal, so he grew up a very very strict, like no makeup, no movies, no dancing. Um, but we we would get together and sing these hymns, and it reminded me so much of when I was a kid, and my uncle and my dad and my brother, his brothers would get out and just sing these old, old mountain hymns. And so I thought, you know, let's record them and put them out there without any proselytizing. We certainly don't want that. You know, I don't care if you were raised Jewish, Muslim, you know, Buddhist, whatever. This is wonderful music, you know, and it's comforting Mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really proud of it. And the people that I asked to sing with me, you know, well, Dolly Parton, for one, I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. I was very, I was very impressed oh, with that. Wow. Yeah, Dolly and Eddie Vedder. That one came out of left field. Yep. But uh, <laughs> uh, and Brandy Carlisle. 
But yeah, it was it was it was almost like the book and the albums just kind of served each other at this point because I have right now no axes to grind, which is kind of nice. <laughs> you know, when you're younger, ah. you have all that angst and oh, I grew up gay in the Baptist church and I'm so wounded and. Now it's been dealt with. It's there, whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, now, you you took the quiz, the four tendencies quiz. So tell us, what is your tendency? I am an obliger. Okay. And when you read about the obliger that you readily meet outer expectations and struggle to meet inner expectations, did that ring true for you? It rang so true to me. And that's a wonderful way to look at things, yeah. too, your four yeah. tendencies. It's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, it helps. It helps me like with habits. That's for sure. I'm an obliger. She's an obliger also, too. So I, I understand accountability is everything. Exactly. Um, well, Leslie, before we let you go, we have to ask um, if you have a try this at home tip for our listeners, something small and manageable to make their lives a little bit better. Well, this is going to seem so simple. Um, and I assume everybody does it, but I don't think they do. I have to make lists. Yeah, and I make lists of my lists, and my <laughs> lists <laughs> change. But I have to make lists. I just have to. I guess that comes from my my recovery writing or whatever. But I write them down, especially during this time where we were mm-hmm. stuck at home, and I I knew that I had to number one get up and get dressed, make my bed, primarily yeah. so I wouldn't get back in my mm-hmm. bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My spiritual advisor suggested that I put my shoes way under my bed so that I would have to get on my knees. And he said, while you're down there, just say a quick prayer. Why not? You're already there. You're on your knees. You've had to get your shoes. Just shoot a prayer out. You know, who knows? Your life will get better. And it did, you know, just... Just organizing things and having a schedule. But making lists, I mean, you certainly probably had the most productive pandemic period of like (laughs) anyone. Yeah, so we should take your advice. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks so much. It's been so fun talking to you. you. Well, you girls are lovely. What a lovely family you come from. You were raised right, I could tell. You were brought (laughs) up. Well, our parents will love hearing that. So Well, tell them. I could tell within (laughs) three minutes of meeting someone how they were raised. Oh, well, that's good. Thank you. Speaking of Instagram, coming up, I give myself an Instagram to merit. But first, this break. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. 
You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and this is your week for a demerit. Okay, Gretch, my demerit is that I have not been doing my duty to post great pictures from Puerto Rico on Instagram. I just have not been posting. I think I've posted one picture, and I've been here over two weeks. I just feel so overwhelmed, both by work and also by all the beauty in Puerto Rico. Like, I just don't know what to post. So it's you're overwhelmed by work, and then you can't figure out like there's too many opportunities. Yes, I could be posting every second of the day. Oh. So it's like I don't know what to post and also I weirdly don't know my emotion. Like I don't know if I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm tired, I'm adrenalized. I'm sort of like everything all at once and I just don't know what to like say on Instagram. Well, I want to contest this demerit. Occasionally we will allow each other to contest a demerit because I think <laughs> sometimes you just have to set your priorities. You have to make your list. And sometimes not everything can fit into the day. So I think you should cut yourself some slack. Okay. Well, luckily, Sarah has been posting. So if anybody wants to see what's happening in Puerto Rico, especially um, what Sarah's daughter is up to, um, (laughs) you can look at at S. Fain and, and see where we are. Yeah. Okay, Gretch, what is your gold star? Well, I want to give a gold star to our mother and father. And I've got to say, this is for nothing in particular, just for being generally great parents. I was so happy to see them, though I have to say the minute I saw them, it was like I didn't feel that it had been such a long time. It was like, oh, I felt like I'd just seen them, I don't know, a few weeks before. But the more the time goes on, the longer I'm a parent myself, the more I appreciate them. I'm with Um, you there, Gretch. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. So gold stars to our parents. Just for being them. Just for being them. Yes. The resources for this week, the created by popular demand, you can download and print the free PDF of the happiness hacks from the podcast. People do love their hacks. Mm -hmm. You can go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and you can download it there. And if you are thinking ahead to Mother's Day, which is coming up, uh, my happiness project, one sentence journal for mothers makes a great gift uh, for the mother in your life, or you could ask for it if you are trying to figure out a gift you would like to receive. It is great. I love your one-sentence journal. Yeah, it's a fun way to keep track of little memories and moments. It's very manageable, um, one sentence. And on this, you can go to GretchenRubin.com shop to purchase. 
Elizabeth, what are we reading? Okay, I just finished Leslie Jordan's book, How Y'all Doing? And I thoroughly enjoyed it. How about you? I just finished a reread, which is John Lanchester's novel, The Debt to Pleasure, um, which is a very odd book, which I highly enjoyed. Mm, Intriguing title. Yeah, well, it's a very intriguing book, I must say. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Pick the right word. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our guest, Leslie Jordan. You can read his book, How Y'all Doing, and follow him on his Instagram feed at the Leslie Jordan. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, here it comes. The weekly message. Please be sure to tell a friend. We love word of mouth. And subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. I was literally smiling the entire time that Leslie Jordan was talking, and I think that must be why everybody loves him so much. There's something about him. It's hard to put your finger on why he just radiates good cheer. Yeah. I've got to study that and try to to copy it. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.